<laughs> the angriest children's pastor ever. That was terrifying, eh? Cool. Hey, good to see you all. Hey, so um, I'm going to be preaching this morning. We're doing spiritual gifts again. So Etu, just everyone stand up for a sec, eh? Um, one of the things I'm talking about is that we're like a giant puzzle, and we're all like a piece of the puzzle. So go, we're like a super friendly church, so go and say to a couple of people, you are the coolest puzzle piece ever. Is that all good? Go and say, you're the coolest puzzle piece ever. Good. All righty. Enohoa. Enohoa. Have a seat. Have a seat. But Tarek keeps trying to teach me how to say have a seat in Spanish, but it's like so long. Just, I need to learn, eh? Hey, good to see you all. Good to see you here. Um, really? Robert? Oh, sorry, shot, Johanna. I was more like Robert is the most social guy in the history of the universe, bro. We love you, Robert. And cool. Hey, I'm so... Spiritual gifts again. So we'll be finished this. We've got another three weeks after the Sunday. So three more uh, to do and then we'll be done. And then we want to do a thing that I think is like a real core part of this whole series. And I just want to take a, a few seconds to, well, a minute or two to explain it. Um, it's just the thing we're calling the consultation, right? So one of the dangers in doing a spiritual gift series like this and doing the workbooks and life groups and that is that you get to the end of it and you're like, woohoo, I've got the gift of, insert gift here. And then you're like, You're like, what do I do with that? I, I, I don't know what I've done. I've done this workbook, figured out my passion, my calling, my gifts. And then two months later, you're kind of frustrated with God. And you're like, really, God? You showed me my gift? Really, church? You showed me my gift, but how did I plug it in? So what we're doing is um, consultation. So in about a month's time, um, we'll let you know way in advance. Um, we're going to have a Sunday afternoon and an evening where you can just book in. We'll set up a thing online uh, where you can just book in for a 20-minute slot uh, either just yourself or if you happen to be married or whatever um, with them, and meet for 20 minutes with one of the leaders in the church and their spouse uh, to talk through your, and the idea is because if you've done the work, but you'll see it's not just your gift, it's your calling, your passion, and your gift, like put all together. And so when you register, you'll send in your workbook so they can have a kind of a read through it so they understand, and then you'd meet up with them. They want to make it a super encouraging time, right? So it's not like, now, Jordan, you've got the gift of this. Why have you not been serving? Get out of the church. No, they wouldn't do that. Um, <laughs> Jordan's loving it. Uh, it's a real encouraging time. So they want to pray with you, right? They want to pray with you. They want to encourage you. But what they want to do is like look at it all together and talk to you and go, okay, you've got this, this gift of whatever, and this is the calling, and this is the passion that God has put on your life. Man, here's a place in the church that you might really fit. Can we talk about that? Or here's a place in the church that you might fit over here or whatever. So that's what we want to do. Some of them it'll be like, they're not, I don't know, all-knowing, right? God is. The, the leaders in the church are not all-knowing. So some people they're going to meet with and be like, man, I don't know. You know, We need to pray about this. Let's keep praying. Maybe we'll meet up in a couple of weeks and, and see what God's guided us to do. So we want to be real intentional about it. One of the things we're going to do then is probably some of the people with, with certain gifts, we'll get them all together, right? So just want to get together all the people with helps and say, hey, you guys have all got the gifts of helps. Let's meet in the cafe one evening. Let's spend a bit of time in prayer, and then let's just brainstorm. You're the ones who've got this gift. What does that look like in our church? Or all the faith people, get the faith people together and say, right, you guys are the ones with the gift of faith. How does that work in the church? So we want to be real intentional now about taking it and applying it. It makes sense, eh? You with me? So we'll send out information, and you can sign up, um, meet up with a, one of the leaders and their spouse and do some praying and all that stuff. So that's kind of where we're heading, so that'll happen in a, a month or so. Okay. Hey, so um, the gift I'm talking about today, I just want to go back a little bit. So I talked about this verse a lot uh, 
at the beginning of the series and kind of kept coming back to it a, a bit. And I just want to remind us of this, right? This is this whole puzzle thing. So this is 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other, right? A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. And I kind of keep pulling out these three key points of it. So the first one is that it's a gift and it's given to every single one of us. So no matter who you are, if you're in a relationship with Jesus Christ, then you have a gift, right? And so you can't say, I'm too old, I'm too young, i am got too many children or whatever. Um, you can't say, but I've only been a Christian a short time. I don't know enough. It's, it doesn't work like that. It's if you're in a relationship with God, then the Holy Spirit has given you a gift. You have a gift, right? I, which I love that, right? The second bit is that it's to build up the church. And I've talked a bit about this, right? It's the spiritual gift is given to you. Yeah, you, you receive fulfillment, you receive joy, you receive blessing when you use that gift. But the gift is not given to you so you can walk around going, woohoo, check me out with my cool gift, right? The, the gift is given to you to bless the church, to build up the church, right? So I'll, I'll pick on Robert, right? So Robert's very encouraging, right? So Robert has the gift of encouragement, maybe, I don't know, right? The gift of encouragement is given to Robert, not so that he comes and says he encourages Morgan afterwards, and then Robert walks away going, I am phenomenal at encouraging. Man, that was, just goes home and says to Maren, Maren, you should have heard me encouraging Morgan today. That was like, you know what I mean? It's not that. He might walk away going, man, that was so cool the way I was able to be so specific and just so like on point encouraging Morgan, but... It's all about building up the church, encouraging other people. Makes sense, eh? So it's, it's not just for us. So you can't be like, yes, I've got the gift of this. Woo, I'm going to be amazing. It's all about blessing other people, right? And then the last bit that I love of, it, it, of this verse is a spiritual gift is given to each of us. And I've talked heaps about this, right? Um, when it comes to someone giving something, it's, it's almost irrelevant who the person is who's receiving it. It's all to do with the giver, right? It's always all to do with the giver. And it's usually dependent on how much love the giver has for the person receiving the gift as to how awesome that gift will be, how accurate that gift will be. Does that make sense? You with me? Okay, maybe one person. So let me explain at Christmas. So at Christmas, usually the best gift you get is from your mother, right? Your dad normally sits and he's like, no idea why you're unwrapping, right? He's like, I just have nothing, right? And it's not because he doesn't love you, or maybe he doesn't, I don't know, but it's the mum just like loves the kids and she buys this perfect gift, right? Because she loved, the kid could have been the biggest brat like forever, but the mum just loves that kid and she's taken time and bought this really cool gift and well, that's the theory anyway. I know some mums are complete nutters, but you know what I mean, right? That's the, the theory, right? And the thing I love about this is that everyone has it. It's for blessing the church. But the gift is given to you by the Holy Spirit because he loves you and cares about you. He knows you better than you know yourself. So when you discover your gifts and how it fits with your calling and your passion, you should be just going, oh my gosh, this is so exciting. Not like, oh man, I got the gift of encouragement. I hate people. This is just going to be horrible, right? It's not like that at all. It's like, oh my gosh, this totally makes sense. Of course I've got the gift of faith because I just love stepping out. Or of course I've got the gift of helps. Duh. I love helping people. But again, it's that empowerment from the Spirit, right? That empowerment from the Spirit. So I just want us to keep thinking about this, right? And one of the things about this is, is this whole puzzle thing. So um, we do a little prayer um, thing, 9.30 on Thursday morning. So a whole bunch of people from around the city, we all come together and meet upstairs from our church and, and just pray together. It's a really cool time. I absolutely love it. And we were just talking a little bit about the spiritual gifting series this week. And then um, Kamlan, where is Kamlan? She was here. She's vanished. Hey, you're hiding, sorry. You're so 
bright. It's awesome. <laughs> um, Kamlan, we were talking about this, and Kamlan said this whole puzzle thing, and I was just like, oh my gosh, that's such a cool illustration of the church, that the church really is like this giant puzzle, and every single one of us, one of us is this really key puzzle piece, right? Now, who's ever done a jigsaw puzzle? Hands. So audience participation, let's start again, because that was really lame. Okay, I'm going to ask for audience participation. So you've had a forewarning. Who has ever done a jigsaw puzzle? Hands. Brayden, shot, okay, cool. Who's ever done a jigsaw puzzle and then you got to the end and there was one piece missing? Anyone? Yeah. And then you get there and you're just like, well, that was a total waste of time. What the heck? And you're so frustrated, right? It's just pointless. The whole jigsaw puzzle and then if you're like me, you'd be like, and chuck it in the trash because what's the point in having a jigsaw with one piece missing? It makes sense, right? So here's the crazy thing, right? In our church, we are a real messy jigsaw puzzle. <laughs> There's some crazy people that come to our church, right? Um, and you are a key part of that, that puzzle, right? <laughs> um, the last thing we want to see happen is you to just not know, how do I use my gift? How do I plug in? Because if you don't plug in, if you don't bless us, that's what the point of your gift is, then we're like this big puzzle with a, a U-shaped hole <laughs> right in the middle. Um, we're not going to wrap up the church and throw it in the trash. That would just be <laughs> But you know what I mean, eh? I really want you to hear that. We're a messy, crazy puzzle. <laughs> and you are a beautiful, God-designed, God-anointed piece that the Holy Spirit has called and gifted to make our crazy, messed-up puzzle just go... And then everyone's like, oh, my gosh, look at that. Oh, it's awesome, eh? I'm excited. Shock, come on. That was such a cool image, eh? Hey, so I'm talking about the, the gift of apostleship this morning, which is kind of a weird one. It's like, whoa, where are we going with this one? So I, I want to explain it uh, pretty carefully as we cruise through. So first thing is, um, let me just illustrate it with someone who I think has a real clear gift of apostleship. If you're freaking out a little bit, don't forget there's a difference between the office and the gift of apostleship, right? So remember when I preached on prophecy, same thing in the Old Testament, you had the office of prophet, but then in the New Testament, we see it as a gift. So I'll explain more about that. And the same thing with apostle. In the, uh, in the New Testament, when the church is being established, there were apostles, and it was an office, and I'll talk about that. But then you see as the church develops, and you can see it, and we're going to look at a whole bunch of verses, you see Paul clearly move away from there's a, an office of a, apostle or a role of apostle to the gift of apostleship. And you'll, you'll see that clear. So that's kind of where I'm going. But it's a real entrepreneurial gift, right? That's one of the key ways we see it. Um, and so Jason and I have a good friend over in India called Jiju. So Jiju Ninan, just the most amazing, energetic Indian guy in the history of amazing, energetic humans. Um, and Jiju has a very strong gift of apostleship. And so he's at the, the Rehoboth um, kind of compound, they call it, where they now have a large girls' orphanage. They started a, um, like a retirement home for ladies, because in Indian culture, when your husband dies, you have no way to support yourself. And a lot of ladies just die. And so they now just take in all these poor widows from all over India and look after them, which is really cool because then they help look after the orphan girls, which I was like, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. And then, you know, and schools and a Bible college and all this kind of stuff. So Gigi was just like this amazing entrepreneur and it was so funny. I'd sit down and talk with him a lot and he was just like the ideas just like wah, flying from that he wanted to do in this, this compound over there. One day I went with him. He was like, hey, I'm going to go into... So they're based in Trichur, which is down in Kerala State, down the bottom, um, and going to go into Trichur, which is a massive city, and do a bunch of errands. Do you want to come? And I was like, do I want to come? He's like, do. And so I went with him, and I have never been down more terrifying back alleys and rickety staircases and up buildings that I'm like, really, are we 
safe going in. It was just crazy. Like, it was just the most hilarious experience. But the whole time, Gigi was just networking with different people. And he was speaking Malayalam or Hindi, so I had no idea what they were talking about. But it was just cool to kind of hang around. And then when we leave, I'd be like, what was that all about? And he, it was all these new ministries and stuff that he was working on with this business guy and this business guy and networking people together. And I was just like, who is this guy, right? Um, here's the, the definition of apostle. Now, this is from the, the workbook that we're using, right? To be sent forth to new frontiers with the gospel, providing leadership over church bodies and maintaining authority over spiritual matters pertaining to the church. And you can see that I, I left the Greek, I don't normally leave the, the Greek stuff in there. Um, apostolos is the Greek word, and so apo is from, uh, means from, and then stalo means send, right? So it's just one who is sent, right? It's pretty clear. So it's, a, it's someone who has this real clear, like, commissioning from God to be quite an entrepreneur. And you can see in the, the definition, it's kind of broken down into three parts. So the first part is new frontiers with the gospel, right? So that's pretty clear. So someone who's going to start new ministries and the, the core focus of that ministry is to help people come to faith in Jesus. And then the, the next part of the definition, providing leadership over church bodies. And so what that means is being involved in different ministries, and that person is the one who's involved in whatever the ministry is, but they are the entrepreneur person. The other one, part of that ministry saying, hey, team, have we thought about expanding over here? Have we thought about trying this? Have we thought about trying that? Does it make sense, eh? So that, you need those kind of people in your ministries. Otherwise, you just do the same old, same old for five years, and then you're like, oh, ministry's lame. And then the last bit is maintaining authority over spiritual matters pertaining to the church. So I'm going to explain, explain that a bit more. Um, later on, but th- these people are like key and encouraging and guiding and directing the church. I just love that, eh? Such a cool definition. Um, I want to look at some um, verses, and before we, we get into it too much, I want to explain again the difference between the office and the gift. So go over to Acts. If you've got your Bible, good to follow along, eh? So we'll look at where we're going. Acts chapter 1, verse 21. And this verse is uh, clearly talking about this. Um, this office of apostle. Uh, and then I want to look at some other verses that show how it just totally changes as we get the, the church developing. Uh, so verse uh, X121, so Judas has obviously died or taken his own life, as we know. And so now the, the 12 apostles are down to 11. And so verse 21 simply says, so now we must choose a replacement for Judas from among the, the men who were with us the entire time we were traveling with the Lord Jesus. And then they break it down even more clearly in verse 22. So this is kind of like the the requirement for someone to fulfill the office of apostle. Verse 22 says, From the time he was baptized by John, so the person has to have been with Jesus, right? Traveling with Jesus, being a part of his life. From the time he was baptized by John until the day he was taken from us, whoever is chosen will join us as a witness of Jesus' resurrection. And so a key part you see there is anyone who's going to be in this office, and you'll see it changes to gift later on, um, they had to have been with Jesus the whole time he was on earth. And because Paul becomes an apostle later on in Acts, the understanding is they didn't have to be with him like the 12 were, right? But they had to be with him a, a heck of a lot of the time. And so Paul then, um, pre well, Saul then, if you like, before he becomes an apostle, um, during the life of Jesus, would have been one of the key Jewish leaders who was questioning Jesus and being horrible to Jesus and yada, yada. So he knew a lot of what Jesus was doing. So that's that, that office. Here's a um, description um, that, that kind of breaks down the difference between this, this um, office and the gift. The spiritual gift of apostleship is sometimes confused with the office of apostle. The office of apostle was held by a limited number of men chosen by Jesus, including the 12 disciples and Paul, which I've talked about, right? 
The requirement for the office of apostle included being a faithful witness of Jesus' ministry and his resurrection and being called by Jesus himself. So if you're listening on the podcast, there's a whole bunch of verses referenced in there. So if you need it, let me know and I can flick you those references. Um, So you can see that's clearly the, the office of apostle, right? So now if we jump forward like a whole bunch of years... Um, what are we jumping forward? Probably 30, 40 years in the development of the church um, from when we were reading that in Acts chapter 1. And we go to First Corinthians 12. Um, you can see that everything started to develop in the, the structure of the church, right? So go over to First Corinthians 12 and you'll see what I mean. To me, it's pretty clear how this has changed. So, so verse 27. So what we're doing now is we're seeing that it's changed from this office to this gift of apostleship. So verse 27, 1 Corinthians 12 says, uh, all of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. And I just love that, because that's the puzzle, right? That's just such a clear image of, of Kamlan's cool little puzzle analogy. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. Here are some of the parts God has appointed for the church. First are apostles, second prophets, third teachers, and those who do miracles, those who have the gift of healing, those who can help others, those who have the gift of leadership. Uh, those who speak in unknown languages. And then he carries on. Are we all apostles? Are we all prophets? No, and, and carries on. But the clear thing you can see here now is Paul's changed from this, this clear office to it's, and I'm saying just, but doing finger quotes, right? It's just a gift. Because now we've got, like if you look at the first one, first are apostles, but then we jump down and there's the gift of healing, gift of leadership. And it's like we would never say someone has the office of leadership. It's just not that. It's a gift, right? And that's why he's using this word gift. So you can see it change. Um, And you see that again and again. We'll look at some verses from Ephesians in a minute where you see that same kind of clear, this has now become a gift. So I was like, okay, hang on, hang on. How do we break this down real practically? What are some people that we know of who have a very clear gift of apostleship? So there's two that came to mind real quickly. I mean, some of you I know, but I haven't talked to you. So these are two that I know. So first one would be Victoria. So I would say it'd be interesting to find out when she does the, the gifting test, but it seems to me that Victoria has a real strong gift of apostleship in the sense that she really leads that Converse ministry amazingly, and she drives me completely nuts as her boss, right, Um, because she's just always wanting to start new ministries, which is exactly what the definition talked about. Honestly, the number of times Victoria comes to me and she's like, okay, we've had a new idea, and it's a whole new ministry of how to get people connected with Jesus, and I'm constantly like, no, 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 otherwise Victoria will just explode. So have you seen the Shrek movie? Do you remember in the movie Shrek when Fiona starts singing to that bird and the bird's like, yeah, and then just explodes and there's just two little legs? I'm like, that's what's going to happen to Victoria if I don't say, no, 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 no. She was like, oh, and then there'll be Victoria's shoes standing there. Um, Victoria has a really strong gift of wanting to start new ministries. And again, not just to start new ministries for fun or whatever. It's so that people will come to know Jesus, right? It makes sense, eh? You, you can if you. You can see that. Um, the other people I was thinking of is Chait and Gail. So Chait and Gail are missionaries that were supporting and starting to develop a strong relationship with her over in, well, they're still in New Zealand, but they're trying to get back to um, Thailand. And it's so exciting talking with them about the different ministries they want to get going in Thailand. Again, with the sole purpose of spreading the truth about who Jesus Christ is. And so you see these definitions and you think about these people and you're like, okay, now I see that real clearly. Um, some of this would be overseas, like Chait and Gail. Some of it would just be in our church, like Victoria. So some of you, and this is where, again, as your pastor, I'm kind of calling to you. Some of you will be like sitting here now going, oh my gosh, <laughs> that is so me. I have such an entrepreneurial spirit. 
for Jesus, right? You might have an entrepreneurial spirit to do crazy stuff, but for Jesus, that's always the key, right? Man, this is me. This is how I fit into this. And it's, to me, it's so exciting. And we need you. We desperately need you. Otherwise, we just keep doing the same old, same old, right? Because you're the ones that see new frontiers, like it said, new ideas. And it's like, have we thought of this? Have we tried this? Oh, I just love it, eh? And there's another whole aspect to this gift, and this was the end of that definition. So go over to Acts, um, Acts 14. And I'd never, I've read the Bible a few times, and I had never seen this verse until the other day. And I was like, ooh, that is really cool. So Acts 14 um, and verse 14, easy to remember. Um, so Acts 14 is hilarious. If you haven't read the book of Acts lately, just as a story, then you are crazy because it is such an exciting book. And Acts 14 is one that you're just on the, you're like, what is happening? Ah! And then it's terrifying and then you're laughing and you're like, ooh, it's just crazy. I love Acts 14. So I don't have time to do context, but basically they did some miracles and everyone freaks out and thinks they're gods and they're trying to worship Paul and Barnabas and Paul and Barnabas are like, no, what are you doing? Ah! Running around. Anyway, and verse 14 says, when the, so listen, if, if, if you're not reading along, listen, but when the apostles, plural, <laughs> Barnabas and Paul heard what was happening, they tore their clothing in dismay and, and ran out among the people shouting. Now, if you read this, this chapter, several times, Paul and Barnabas are called apostles. And it's kind of like, oh, so there's other apostles apart from just those original 12. And again, this is this whole development that's happening from the office to the gifting, and here Barnabas is called, and I, I think he's saying in the, in the office of apostle, because this is still pretty early in the development of the church, um, and this led me to think, and I ended up doing a whole bunch of reading on it this week, because I was like, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, when we read of what Barnabas is doing in the New Testament, we, he's just not that entrepreneurial spirit, yeah, Paul is, Paul's racing all over the, the place, planting churches and starting new ministries and stuff, Barnabas does a little bit of that, but not really, so what's the main thing that Barnabas is known for? Anyone know? Encouragement, yeah. He's called the son of encouragement, which I've always been like, ooh, that's a pretty cool title. Be like, hey, here's my friend John. Who the heck is John? Here's my friend, the son of encouragement. It's like, oh, so cool. And I was like, well, that totally makes sense. When you go back to that original kind of definition, I had those three parts. That last part is bringing this, like, this, this spiritual blessing over the church. And I was like, man, there's so many shades of this apostle gifting. The, the core part is definitely this entrepreneurial starting new things. But I'll look at this verse here. So go to Ephesians 4, because you see it real clearly here, right? Um, Ephesians 4, verse 11 and 12. You'll see what I'm meaning. So it's not just, what I'm saying is it's not just this kind of entrepreneurial spirit. There's this, a key part of this gift of being an apostle, which is all about blessing the church, building up the church. So this is verses 11 and 12 of Ephesians 4. And we're thinking, how does Barnabas fit into this, this this apostleship. Verse 11 says, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. These are gifts, right? So he's saying that real clearly. So we've moved now away from the office. This is real gifts. Um, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers. So a couple of things. One, he's, this is a whole different order from what we saw before. Remember in First Corinthians 12, there was like an order. And some people I've talked to get real hung up on the order. And it's like, well, he's mixed up the order. So that was obviously specific to the church in Corinth. There's a whole different church. We're years ahead. Verse 12, though, this is the cool thing. So verse 12, it's like he's defining what is the point of these gifts of apostleship, these gift, the gifts of prophecy, evangelism, pastors, teachers. And verse 12 says their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. And I'm like, man, what builds up the church more than someone who's the son of encouragement? It's like, oh, that'd be hardly anyone. I mean, the word of God being unpacked is pretty key. 
But you know, no matter where you are, you have someone come alongside you to encourage you and lift you up, and you are just like, thank you, Jesus, for that person, right? Does it make sense, eh? Are you with me? Yeah. Oh, I love that, eh? I love that. Um, I was talking about, talking about India, right? And... Uh, the start of that whole, this Rehoboth like, organization now is just massive. And you can go anywhere around Trichel. Trichel's a massive city. And you say the name Rehoboth or the name, I was trying to get a, um, a rickshaw, an auto rickshaw, that's those crazy little three-wheeled bike thingies, um, back to the, the compound one day. And I went down this whole line of people in downtown Trichel. No one spoke English and I was freaking out. And then I just said... Oh, I've got to get back to mummy. Straight away, this guy, no English, goes, mummy, oh, Rehoboth, oh, and gets me in his thing and we're blasting. He's chatting away to me in Malayalam. And I go, no, and every now and then, mummy, oh, mummy. And I was like, what the? <laughs> so she's just knowing over this giant city, right, because of all the work she does with the orphans and stuff. Um, and the ministry is just massive. And I love this quote from the, uh, the website of the, the Rehoboth website talking about... Um, the start of this whole ministry. And you see in this guy, who started 100 plus years ago, just such a strong gift of apostleship. You look at this. Um, the word Rehoboth is from the Hebrew language, and it means God has made room for us. Rehoboth Girls Orphanage is therefore a very special place where God has made room for those who are in need of a place. That always makes me cry, because heaps of these kids get dumped on their doorstep or someone rings because in their culture. Anyway, ah, oh, it makes me cry. Anyway, 110 years ago, a gentleman from Germany came and settled in Kerala. His name was Volbrick Nagel. Such a cool first name. A man with a heart of compassion. The vision was burning in his heart, and he proceeded to build a dormitory for the orphan and destitute children in an eco-friendly land, which is Nalikunu Trichua, the cultural capital of Kerala state. On 1905, Rehoboth was born, Soon after, he built a school as he knew how it would enrich the lives of the children um, if they could read and write. And you, you read that, and you're just like, man, that is just such the gift of an entrepreneur. He didn't just build the orphanage so that they would learn to read and write and all that. It's all about, you go there, and it says Jesus everywhere. It's just so exciting, right? This gift of being an entrepreneur. And one of the things I love about this is he started with nothing. He literally just bought 50 acres. Um, then it was just outside the city. Uh, and now it's turned into this massive orphanage that's known all over the, the giant city. It's just incredible, right? Again, some of us doubt what we can do for God, right? Some of us look too much at ourselves rather than at us and dwelt by God when it comes to our spiritual gifts. And you do the gifting course or you come to the consultation and talk with one of the leaders and their, their spouses. And I know some of us are going to go, oh, no, I, that. I couldn't, that's just me. <laughs> and it's like, it's not just you, right? <laughs> it's you and dwelt by the creator of the universe. It's you empowered by God himself. He's called, he's gifted you to do these incredible things. I wrote this down in my little my notes this week and I just kept reading over it. There is nothing you cannot do when it's you and God working together. You are essentially limitless when it is you and he working together. There's nothing you can't do by yourself. Eh. <laughs> but you and God working together, man, there's just no limits. This is one of my favorite verses when thinking about this, John 15, 5. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. This is Jesus speaking. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. He doesn't just say fruit. Will produce much fruit. Oh, I just love that, eh? Let me finish. I want to go back to my little puzzle. 
illustration again in this little verse. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Um, Where has God called and gifted you to serve in our church or in our community? Um, I'm going to be really rude for a minute, and then I'll come back to being super encouraging. So if this freaks you out, I kind of apologize. Come and tell me afterwards. Um, When you're doing a puzzle, the worst thing is you can't find a piece, right? So you, you always start with a border, amen? I know some weirdos don't. You're just weird. You always start with the border first, right? And then you'll be like, ooh, all the green bits, and you'll be building the tree or whatever it is, and there'll be one bit that's missing, and you just can't find it, and you're like, Argh! And then someone will be like randomly, because we did puzzles with little kids, under the couch, way over here, and like covered in dust and dead flies. I don't know why there's always dead flies under couches, but there is, right? There's a puzzle piece over here. And now if you picked up that puzzle piece and said to it, how are you feeling? Do you know what the puzzle piece would say? Nothing, because I don't talk. No, the puzzle piece would say, man, my life is lame. (laughs) This is so dumb. I'm under the couch, covered in dust and dead flies. This is just dumb. (laughs) Now, if I took that puzzle piece and I flicked all the stuff off and I took it over and I put it in the puzzle (laughs) and I said, how are you doing now? The puzzle piece would just go, this rocks. (laughs) This is what I was made for. And this is what I was made for. All my friends are clicking in around me, and together we are the most beautiful picture. <laughs> um, so I, I don't want to be too rude, but some of you are over under the couch, <laughs> and you're covered in dust and dead flies, and you're wondering, why is Christianity lame, man? I go to church, and it's just like, <laughs> I'm just, I don't know, it's dumb. And it's because that's not where you're meant to be. <laughs> Jesus didn't die on a cross so you could hide under a couch, apart from the puzzle. <laughs> Um, so that's the negative <laughs> um, we, we need you at CBC we desperately need you to, to come from under the couch figure out your gifting figure out your calling figure out your passion and get plugged in and clicked in because without you we just suffer <laughs> the gift again wasn't given so that you'd walk around going woohoo check out my gifting I'm so amazing the gift was given that you would bless us and build us up so that means if you stay over there, one, it sucks. <laughs> but two, we all miss out. We're all like, oh, man. And I had such a hard week, and I went to church, and I thought someone might have given me an encouraging word, but nah, because that encouragement person hasn't figured out their gift yet, right? Um, I don't know. I just get so excited about this, right? I get so excited about this. I've talked to so many people over the last couple of months have moved from the couch. And they weren't there intentionally. They just didn't know what their gift was, right? They've moved from under the couch. And now they're figuring out their gifting. They're figuring out where to plug in. And they're literally saying to me, this is so exciting. Oh, my gosh, I'm doing stuff. And I know God is using me. And he's empowering me. And I'm just like, oh, you know, it's like, oh, so good. All right. Etu, stand up and pray for us before I pop with excitement. Worship team, do you all want to come on up while I pray, eh? Yeah, it's way cooler in the puzzle than under the couch. (laughs) I love being in the puzzle. I think sometimes I'm an idiot and I try and get out of the puzzle because some of the other puzzle pieces are real weird, but God pulls me back. I thank him for it, eh? Yeah, let me pray for us. Your mighty God, thanks so much that you have gifted and called people through your Holy Spirit in this church with that gift of apostleship. They just see stuff differently than us. They just have that entrepreneurial, hey, church, have you thought about this? Elders, have you thought about this? 
ministry over here, have you thought about this way of reaching the gospel, um, reaching people with the gospel? Uh, man, we just so need them, God. Can you help them as they do the gifting, workbook, work, talk to their life group leaders and all this, to just really see that, to be able to step out in confidence uh, in that amazing gifting, God? Um, yeah, I just thank you for, like, honest, I know this sounds silly, God, but, man, I'm just pumped to be in the puzzle. <laughs> I really am. I, I, and I know heaps of us are, eh? Heaps of us are just like, man, it is so cool to be being used by God. There's times when I'm in my ministry or even just at church and I'm talking to someone afterwards, I just know God is guiding me. He's using me to bless people, to build up the church. And I know there's a bunch of us that walk away from ministries or life group or church on Sunday just going, oh, because <laughs> it's so cool being used by you, God. I just pray for anyone that's still struggling. They're trying to figure out, ah, what is my gift? What is the calling that God's put on my, my heart, on my life? Can you give them real guidance, God? Draw them to good people that are going to be able to sit with them and pray with them and help them see um, where do they fit into this crazy puzzle of CBC madness, God? <laughs> it is way cooler serving you together. Way cooler. Yeah. yeah guide us, eh? Guide us. Pray with us in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.